0: We're sort of in hell loop right now in prep.
1: So, yeah, absolutely. Is that is that Miss Marvel you're working on currently? No, I
0: finished okay. Miss Marvel about three weeks ago. Oh, okay, and now I've, I've moved on to another show called Crater.
1: Welcome to the WWSD podcast. We like to interview interesting creative people every week, and we are sponsored by Collector's Maze. You can check them out at collectorsmaze.com for all things related to Phantom. I'm your host, Josh, and as always, I've joined my buddy, Seamus. How's it going, Seamus? It's going great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, yeah. I'm really excited about tonight, Seamus. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, we actually have a pretty neat guest uh, tonight. Our first person that has worked on the uh, MCU universe. Pretty cool. He's the fight and stunt coordinator, and his recent Marvel work was the Falcon and Winter Soldier show on Disney+. Plus. He's also worked on awesome shows like The Watchmen on HBO, and fantastic movies like Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, plus many more awesome shows. I'm proud to introduce Dave McCumber. How's it going, Dave? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're great. I personally want to start this out by thanking you for your work on The Falcon and Winter Soldier. That show was phenomenal. The fight scenes were awesome. it It was so badass. I'm super excited to talk to you tonight.
0: Oh, great! Well, thank you very much. That that's uh, that means a lot. We uh, we worked really hard on the show, so the fact that people appreciate it makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm super excited for your work for Miss Marvel uh, coming out later this year. It's going to be really cool as well. So, fingers yeah.
0: crossed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you actually wrapped that up three weeks ago.
0: Uh. Yes. Yeah.
1: Wow that's that's crazy. So it's like takes like almost six months to put the show together.
0: You know, with all of these shows, uh, they build in uh, time for additional photography. And then, of mm. course, you know, Marvel shows are uh, very visual effects heavy. And so there's a lot of time that they need to for the mm-hmm. visual effects department to step in and do their magic. <laughs> it actually seems fast to me when I, when I think about <laughs> the amount of work. You know, typically, like, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier just adding shields to fight sequences or wings you know i mean it's 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 so much work and i, so I have a lot of respect for those guys in the
1: so you're telling me those wings weren't there when you were doing all those fight scenes they're all digitally added. it
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, they were there in our minds uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh so dave what so how, how did you get into um working with stunts and fights on on, uh, on these tv shows and movies
0: so i was uh I started doing martial arts when I was an early teenager, was a competitive martial artist for a number of years, had some friends that had made the transition into the film industry. I opened up a martial arts school when I was about nineteen years old and uh, had been running that for you know probably close to ten years. And then a buddy of mine that I knew from the tournament circuit named uh, Marcus Young, was working on a show and there was a character on the show that he thought I would make it to double for. And so he asked me to come in and help out. And that kind of, you know, snowballed from that project into a bunch of other things. And then eventually, you know, the film industry became my full-time
1: job. So the actual, like, so your buddy brought you in and did he kind of vouch for you? Or, like, were you, uh, did you have, like, a resume? Like, So, uh, you know, Marcus basically,
0: you know, he vouched. For me and with the stunt coordinator on that show uh, a guy named mike Gunther. so when marcus brought me in most of the fights had been built on the show although i did work on some of them with him to you know modify them for the character for myself and then you know through the years as a as a stunt performer you know more and more of the time the the opportunity to you know choreograph and you know things like that would come up and you know people saw that i had a a knack for it i suppose you know, ultimately, like, you know, by the time that we got to operational soldier, I had a, you know, a number of fight like, coordinating credits. And in that case, I actually, you know, did like a cold email to the supervising stunt coordinator for all of the Marvel shows and said that I was interested in, in doing that one. So he brought me in and super grateful to him. name was Frank Amos.
1: What actually does like a, a stunt and fight coordinator do like can you actually go into like the details of like what you actually do?
0: So a fight coordinator is responsible for you know the overall tone and look of the fight sequences that happen in the show. And depending on that fight coordinator's approach, they might take a you know like a completely hands-on methodology where they're coming up with every punch and every kick at the throne. Um, for myself, what I try to do is kind of work like an orchestrator and bring in a bunch of talented people. What I like to do with my stunt performers is play to their strengths. So, in the case of like Falcon and Winter Soldier, we had some phenomenally talented stunt doubles that were working on the show. Uh, Aaron Tony has been doubling Anthony Mackey. Actually, I worked the first show that I met Anthony on was uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter.
2: Oh, nice, nice.
0: <laughs> Way back. And Aaron Tony. that's the first movie that he doubled Anthony on, and he's been doubling them ever since. So Aaron knows, you know, Falcon better than anybody except for Anthony Mackie. So, you know, when it comes to the fight scenes, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me to go and tell Aaron, I want you to do this. You know, more what I'm trying to do is, as the fight coordinator in that instance is, is set up tent poles and say, these are the things from a storytelling standpoint that I think are important. And here are some big moments that I'd like to employ and now, what would you do to get from point A to point B? So, with Aaron, with Justin Eaton, and with John and Nina, who doubled Wyatt and Sebastian respectively, we together as a group, you know, would put together, you know, for example, the fight in episode five. Hannah Scott, who uh, doubled Carly, you know, was a big participant in all of that. So as a fight coordinator, I'm basically just kind of, you know, I'm like the guy that you know, got the baton and is leading the orchestra or trying to get everything, you know, everybody to line up in an in appropriate way and then kind of leading the charge too in terms of having discussions with the director and the producer, you know, that kind of thing. As a stunt coordinator, my primary responsibility is safety for everybody that's on set. And so while we're designing, you know, the stunts that we're doing, I'm working... To figure out you know, what is the safest, most repeatable way to accomplish this, um, and still have it look gnarly and you know have people wince when they see it. So, you know, working together in, in that case with our, we had a phenomenal ratings team that was led by Michael Huggins, who I've known since I met Michael on GI Joe One. You know, we were able to you know work as a group to be able to design these elements, and so as a cohesive piece, because especially with Falcon and Soldiers, was such a, such a fight-heavy show, you know, it was kind of all of those cogs, you know, working together the whole way through. Our line producer for second unit said that the show was like a musical, but instead of songs, we had fights, um, just pretty much said <laughs> <laughs> that I thought that hit the nail on the head.
1: It does seem like dancing. And all like, do you allow like improv, or are these like all like really thought out steps and like movements? And
0: no, it's it's extremely thought out. Um, you know, there there are opportunities to come up with ideas on the set. You know, in terms of improvising things, that's a super good way to get a, an actor punched in the face. And yeah. The next thing you, right. know, you know, you got somebody with a black eye or a broken nose, and production's down for a period of time. So, what we do. Part of our process is to the previs these fight sequences. Um, we can say we do previsualization. We'll go in and choreograph the fight. We'll shoot a previs. To my way of thinking, it's a little bit like a sales pitch. So you'll read the script, have a discussion with the director, have a discussion with the producer, get a sense of what it is that they're after, then go to work on building it. You know, with all of the desired pieces and you know our own you know, take on on all of these elements. And then we'll basically shoot like a low-budget movie, you know, version of that fight Um, using boxes as backdrops and, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And then, you know, go in and present that to creatives. Like I said, it is a sales pitch. So, you know, go quite far in trying to make sure that you leave as little to the imagination as possible, given obvious, you know, time and budgetary we don't have all the fancy equipment. And we're not, you know, doing things on cranes and you know whatnot. But hopefully, we get it close enough that they can really see what this is going to be.
2: Yeah, we we saw we saw the previz that you did for that that season five or the episode five fight on a, on your YouTube channel. It was really cool. It was dope. It looks like a lot of a lot of fun, like putting that together and um, just you know, like like a, like doing your own kind of films. You know,
0: it, it really is. Yeah, and you know, I think for a lot of guys, it's. A way to flex the muscles outside of just purely you know doing stunts like we're you know trying to be storytellers and developing a, a film of vernacular and that's you know it is that exercise that's led to you know a number of fight coordinators now making a move to becoming you know main unit directors like Sam Hargrave who was the stunt coordinator for Endgame uh well infinity war and Endgame along with no ganderson went on to direct extraction got uh, Kaskahelski and uh, Dave Leach, who are you know doing John Wick and you know all these other movies, they're leaning on skill sets that they developed while doing previous for you know, shows that they were coordinating.
2: That's really cool. When you're choreographing a fight, like yeah, I mean you have a background in uh, martial arts. Like like what, what what kind of fighting styles do most do most choreographers use? Is there is there like a kind of an industry set of of moves or styles that they're pulled upon, or are you just kind of like like figuring that out based on your own background? What the character. Yeah.
0: I think that for, you know, especially when it comes to being, you know, fight coordinating for films, most people come from a background, like they'll have started in a particular martial arts style. But after a while, doing movies, not all movies are going to be the same. The fight that I choreographed for, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier is not the same fight that I might do for a more grounded kind of spy thriller or, you know, nor is it the kind of thing I would do for, you know, NYU, right. They're, they're all different.
2: Right. Cause regular humans can't throw people across a room.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Or, you know, from like a stylistic standpoint too. Like, mm-hmm. so for myself, my own personal background, I started doing Korean martial arts, but then eventually, you know, started doing some boxing and some kickboxing. I did some wushu, some submission grappling and jiu-jitsu and, and some judo and, you know, so along the way, um, and a lot of this too is stuff like, you know, we need to teach each other. We'll be working with other stunt performers that have come from a different background. And so we'll take time to train with each other and learn from one another's skill sets so that you kind of develop a, a bigger and more robust vocabulary of movement so that when you get called upon to do a fight for, you know, one character, do it in a, other way and then say well this other guy doesn't fight like that let's adopt a style that's more in this direction it's sometimes that's you know clear from a script standpoint but sometimes you'll have a conversation with the actor and, and they'll push you in a direction and inform how that fight should go
1: but actual fight scenes like i know like a writer would actually write out like a script of like lines and like stuff that's going on like do you write like out like a fight scene or like how is like a fight scene drawn up
0: so it's a little bit of a project-by-project project thing. I have written you know, fights that have you know, made, made their way into the script before. Typically, what you get, and it really kind of depends on the movie. I've worked on movies where it's like, they fight, this guy wins. And like that's all you get. you got to go from there. I've actually I worked on one movie that I won't say, but I worked on a movie where they didn't even want to say who won the fight because they wanted to leave it up, up to us. Because they were worried about the ramifications of the the actors. So,
2: you know, it's. (laughs) throw you guys under the bus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It really kind of depends on the show. Usually, you know, our script is the preface. And what we'll do, you know, we'll start off in the beginning with discussions and say, okay, here's where we're going to start this fight. Here's where we're going to end the fight. Here are the middle you know, meaningful moments, um, you know, where somebody's, uh, you know, spirit may be broken or another moment where, you know, they had the opportunity to turn the tide. So we'll construct it like it's its own little story and then start working out all of the individual beats that get us from one point to another. And then, you know, what we'll deliver to the production, you know, rather than it being written on the page, although, you know, like I said, I have done that before, most of the time it's, you know, in this kind of video format, we'll put it in front of them and say, is this what you like? And then sometimes that the answer will come back. Yes, that's great. Sometimes it'll come back and say, this is great, but I'd like a little bit more of this. And maybe let's say this thing that you got here for a different fight that we're going to do at a different point. And then we'll go in and re-choreograph a little bit. I know for the fight in episode five, there was an early note that came after our first delivery where they said they wanted more fighting over the shield. So we went back and took basically the same structure, but incorporated more movements where one guy was trying to grab the shield out of the other guy's hands. So it's, you know, it's always a little bit different. And you know, our, our overall goal is to satisfy, you know, the director's vision, you know, while flexing our own creative muscles along the way.
1: Do you ever run to a problem like where their vision is just like too grand, where it's like, ah, we can't really do this, or it's just not physically possible?
0: I, I certainly have run into situations where Uh, from a a time and budget standpoint, Hmm. it's, you know, difficult. You know, I mean, Father, winter Soldier, think about it, right? Like there's 17 fight sequences in that show, in six episodes, of various sizes, all
1: It seemed like more than 17, but
2: okay.
0: But if you, you know, that show we shot, you know, COVID notwithstanding, we shot in the same amount of time that usually to see the feature films, it's like two hours, right? But that shows six hours of content. So it's a tremendous amount to do in, the, in that time period. And it, especially with the Marvel shows, because they're definitely, you know, pushing the envelope in terms of televised content. You know, it doesn't really look like TV, you know, it looks like, you know, like the movies, but it's on a TV schedule, you know? So, you know, the great thing for, for our show is that it was basically the end game crew that rolled over into, into doing Falcon and Winter Soldier. And so, you know, like our art department, our special effects department, you know, like all those guys were, you know, phenomenally on their game, uh, costumes and, you know, everybody. So I think that that made things, you know, go a lot more smoothly than it might've otherwise. But it is you know, certainly challenging. So you know, in answer to your question, yeah, I, I, I haven't run into a situation yet where I was just like, I don't know how to do that. More often than not, like if, if something comes up, it's, it's a question of sitting down with a bunch of smart people and saying, okay, how about this? How about this? What if we try doing this? And you know, we'll find our way into
2: it. What about your profession do you enjoy the most? What, what gives you the most um, satisfaction?
0: Wow, that's a tough question. I suppose the first thing that I would say is I really enjoy the people that I work with. It's, a, you know, it's a very much a family kind of thing. And one thing about stunts that's somewhat unique is that the people that you're working with in one form or another, you're putting your safety in their hands. Sometimes your life, you know, I've I've done stunts before where if the team that I was working with did not do the things that they were supposed to have done, I would have died. Mm. So there's very much a, you know, a brother and sisterhood that happens, you know, within the stunt community. And so that working with the people that I work with is, you know, joy. I, the team on Falcon and Soldier was phenomenal. Just such a great group of people and, you know, people that I was happy to see every day, you know, show up to work and, you know, there's John with a smile on his face and that's, you know, great. It's going to be a good day. The other aspect of it is, you know, I I enjoy telling stories, and so having the opportunity to have creative input is something that brings me a lot of satisfaction. So, you know, I would say it's probably those two things: the the people and the opportunity to have some kind of creative impact on, you know, on on
2: a product like that. So that's really cool. So, like, like uh, because the stakes are so high, like that, that kind of builds a deeper bond with people. It makes it a lot more fulfilling.
0: It really is true. There's a lot of situations I'm thinking through, like talking on the soldier, like the, the number of times that something could have gone sideways, um, but it never did.
1: So, what's some like the safety procedures you have to do? Because I know you said you're also in charge of all the stunts. So, what's some like the the safety stuff you would have to focus on?
0: It's really a wide gamut of things. You know, from from a fight standpoint, training the actors is really important. Try to have time to reverse with them to get them to a place where they really know you know what the choreography is exactly how it's gonna go down so that there's no you know chance that somebody's gonna slip up and get slugged. You know, we'll rehearse not only in preparation for the fight, but we'll take time to you know run the sequence a bunch of times before the cameras ever roll. And you know just at a very basic level, things like stretching them out before we begin so that nobody pulls a muscle or something stupid like that. Then you know, on, on a much broader scale, from like a, a rigging standpoint, making sure that it can handle the loads that we're putting on it, making sure that, you know, I'll give you a specific one. There's a shot in that episode, Five Fight, where John gets flung across the room as as Bucky. He gets hit with the shield and then goes flying back into a, a, a forklift. Now, the forklift was real. It wasn't a padded structure or anything like that. So we have to sit down and figure out, okay, how is it that we're going to send him at a high velocity and appear to impact that thing so hard that it stops him? In the end, we employed something called a dead man. So there's a line that's sending him in one direction, but there's another line in front of him that stops him just short of making impact with the vehicle. Oh, well. This is tested repeatedly in a bunch of different ways with pads in front of the vehicle and stuff like that. So we're gonna do, do it all the way up to the point, you know, of filming, and then we can take the pad out and send him and know that he's gonna be okay. In the fight in, in the second episode where the guys are on tops on, on the toxic trucks, you know, coming up with systems for making sure that they're gonna be safe on toxic, on the tops of the trucks, you know, there's no opportunity for them to fall off. Determining what portions of the fight are going to be shot on the legitimate truck tops and what parts are going to be shot. Uh, we had two other sets. There was one set that was about three feet high. So it was just like the top three feet of the truck. And then we had full truck rigs that were parked and that people would fight on top of a pipe. And then finally, you know, actually going down the road. So divvying up all that work and figuring out, okay, who's where at what time, which portions of this are we going to shoot? How is it that we're going to accomplish it in safe fashion? Each show, it's always a little bit different. You know, there's certain safety procedures that you're looking to employ. Sometimes they they run across all of them, but sometimes you have to invent new ones because you're doing something you haven't done before and maybe nobody's done before.
1: So when you're doing like those big stunts, like throwing into the forklift, are you like holding your breath the entire time? It has to be really nerve wracking.
0: Hopefully at the time that you get to where you're doing it, you've done it in such a way that you know you know, I, if, if it was a situation where I'm sitting there going, oh, God, I hope this goes right, then we probably didn't prepare properly. Okay. Yeah, so we'll, we'll work on the plan, you know, and try to make sure that it's rock solid and then practice it a bunch of times. You know, this afternoon I was doing, we were doing a uh, rehearsal for a stunt and it was like, you know, pad nirvana everywhere as we were doing this, this rehearsal. You know, it's a, it's a question of refinement, and if you find what the target is, you can start pulling pads out because now you've rehearsed it, and you know now you know there's no way this guy's going to land over there. So this, it's safe for us to take these out. or It's safe for us to take these out until finally you know, okay, I can land them on a postage stamp, and you've done it so many times that, okay, now we're good. Now now we're just going to do the stunt.
2: How, how many um, how many times do you generally have to rehearse something like that? You know, it really depends on what it
0: is and how complex it is. Uh, and if it's something that's already, you know, in your vernacular.
2: Okay.
0: Dead manning somebody getting thrown across the room is something that, you know, we, we do fairly frequently. But occasionally, you know, we're coming up with something that's pretty unique. You know, for example, again, at the end of the, the episode five fight, where Bucky picks up uh, walker and it swings him into Sam's shield as Sam's flying across the room. You know, that was something that we hadn't done before. And so it required a little bit more figuring out, you know, so sometimes it, it might be, you know, oh, we've got this in 15 minutes. It's set up and it's ready to go. And sometimes it might take a day or two days or three days to figure it out. And especially, you know, like I'm saying, you know, you start off slow and, and make sure Everything's kind of going in the, in the right direction. It's never like, I ah, just send it and you know we'll see what happens. Um, and so that makes it take a little bit longer, but it's also worthwhile. Because it keeps everybody safe and in the game and you really get a better performance out of them if you didn't tweak them in a rehearsal, you know?
1: Yeah. So one of the interesting things, the way like hearing you talk, it sounds like you're like trying to puzzle, like problem and like it's like a one big puzzle you're trying to piece together. Is that like kind of how you feel with a lot of these stunts? Is you just got to figure out how to put it together?
0: I would, I would definitely describe the job as being a problem solver. You know, you're constantly getting things that are thrown at you that are, like I said, you know, every show is unique and it's not like people want to do the same thing that you know, you've seen before. You want to try and do something different. And so it's always a new thing. It's always a thing to solve, a thing to figure out. You are certainly relying on the prior experience to inform how you might approach it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's always something different, you know. You never know what they're going to throw at you <laughs> as far as these scripts go.
2: Have, um, have you ever run into any actors who want to do their own studs?
0: Yes, um, in both directions. I, I've had actors that, you know, would really rather you know, be in the trailer when the fight is going on, and I've had actors that are, like, super gung-ho and, and want to do all of it. In the end, try to cater to whatever you know, the actors would like to do within you know, the, the bars of reason. I generally, you know, if we're shooting on somebody's back, it, I know, prefer to use the double just because it reduces the chances that something goes a little south and somebody somebody's clipped or, or whatever. To me, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be shooting on a guy who can't see his face and then, you know, run the risk that something might go wrong. But at the same time, I totally get it. You know, there's are people that are invested in their performance and they want to do every part of it that they can
1: have you ever had like just like hard notes on those actors like no you can't do this it needs to get done by like a the stunt performer
0: i have yeah yeah like i said you know we try to i'll, I'll try to cater them to the greatest degree that i can but uh you know so, sometimes it just doesn't make sense and appeal for them in in a way that they understand you know say look this this one's a little bit wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense to, to put you in a position where if, some, if something weird went wrong, you know, and you never know what it is too. It might be the camera operator takes a step to the left and all of a sudden you get a, you know, a, a map box in the back of your head and things like that happen sometimes. And so it's not worth taking the risk than it's, it's better not to.
1: So have you done like directing and writing and other types of work? Are you interested in that stuff as well on top of the stunt and fights?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I, I do sort of film sometimes. I've, I've been doing them for a long time and I've been second unit directing on some projects, you know, which is a joy. And yeah, if I had the opportunity to to sit in the first unit chair, then I, I would definitely enjoy that as well. I you know, like I said, I, even you know, within just the kind of box of you know, doing fight choreography, it, it is a storytelling thing to me. And uh, you know, I enjoy that aspect.
2: I imagine I imagine um, uh, stunt work is very uh, physically in, intensive. It, it takes a lot. It takes, it takes being in shape. What, what, what kind of fitness regimen do you guys have to follow to keep up with that?
0: Right. So most of us make training kind of a, it's just a regular thing you do. I, I worked on a movie called Rampage and uh, my commute to go to set every day was like an hour, 15 minutes to an hour and a half from where I was living at the time. And so that meant that I needed to be in the gym at 4 a.m. those days. And so that's just what I would do, just get up and get to the gym and work out. There was a period of time in my life where, you know, like I said, I was a competitive martial artist in Napoli, athlete, you know, when I was younger, before I got into stunts. And then i have been doing a bunch of films, and, you know, it was a schedule thing, it was difficult for me to get to the gym, so I kind of let myself go a little bit. And then I did a stunt where... Uh, I was falling off of a, a staircase. Pad down for me. I made the mistake of not going and checking the pad myself, and I went right through the pad to the ground. It was almost as if, and when I hit, I tweaked my neck and pushed a rib out. And you know, and then I had to you know continue working that day and like the next week. I was still doing fights and you know falling down on cobblestone roads and you know, things like that. So it was it was pretty rough. And what I realized was that it was because I'd allow myself to lose muscle density, and uh, it was kind of a wake-up call for me and, and put me back in the gym. I know if if I'm carrying around a fair amount of mass, and when I get to ground, it helps to keep me as kind of a compact unit, and the bones aren't all running into each other, and, and that kind of thing. For me, the you know, weight training is uh, prerequisite. And, uh, you know, certain important fights, obviously, you know, um, and then a lot of, you know, kind of sport specific training. So when we were doing ending, the fight coordinator on that show was Danny Hernandez, and we would get together six thirty, seven 7 o'clock every morning and do a training session. So three days a week, you we were lifting and two days a week, you we were punching and kicking. And, uh, the, you know, it was phenomenal to be able to work with, you know, all the doubles on the show and everybody that, you know, that was kind of a crazy show just because it was, a, you know, such a big crew of sound performers, phenomenally talented, like you walk in that room and just go, oh my God. <laughs>
1: so, have, you, have you ever really been like starstruck with like working with these big actors? I mean, you work with quite a few of them by now.
0: You know what? I, the funny thing is, you know, we've all been in the industry for a long time. You know, you're kind of used to working with actors. The one that everybody freaked out about was George St. Pierre. Okay. Um, when George showed up, because you know everybody's like martial arts, he can had you know been watching fans of George forever, and you know when George walked in, it was it was so funny to watch all of the stunt guys just be like, "Oh my god!"
2: <laughs> that's really cool.
0: Which was great, too, because he was just lovely. Like, such a good guy.
2: Yeah, Freddie's a really nice guy.
0: Oh, my God. He he was great. Just a joy to work with.
1: What are are some of your other big goals that you're working on right now? I mean...
0: I'm always trying to learn new stuff. So, you know, over the pandemic, I did some short films that were kind of leaning heavily into doing visual effects and, and stuff like that. So I'm constantly working on that aspect of things. That's kind of there's sort of two purposes to that. Um, number one is because I, it's another kind of language that you can use. There's so much stuff that you can do, with, you know, with, just within the computer now. And that includes things like, you know, motion capture. So I ended up in, you know, getting, I worked closely with a company called Lococo. Got a couple of motion capture suits from them, which allowed me to be able to do, I was working on software and it during the pandemic, doing, pre where I was playing all of the characters editing <laughs> myself basically and then I would you know so I would play one character and capture all the movements and then play the next character and then put them together in the computer and render it out and send it up so that kind of thing it opens a lot of doors in terms of what you can do from a storytelling standpoint by yourself um, so I have a few things that I'm kind of playing with along those lines the other aspect of it though is that Obviously, you know, film is so visual effects heavy now that being able to speak that language and understand kind of where stunts and visual effects kind of can interact with each other and where the limitations for one might be bolstered by the other and knowing how to create those blends, really helpful to have a foot in that world and kind of get how they do what they do. But that's true of, of a lot of the different disciplines within, within film, like, you know, I'm always kind of in awe of everybody that I'm working with. You know, you look at what the props guys do, you look at what hair and makeup does, you look at what costumes does, the AD department. I mean, it, it, they're all pretty amazing.
2: Is there a particular franchise that you haven't worked on yet that you'd like to work on?
0: <laughs> it's already you're too late for it. Um, I've been a Batman fan forever. <laughs> I would love to work on a Batman movie. It's funny, John and me as well, uh, has always been a favorite of Batman. Again. So that would be one. I, I think if I, you know, they said, if I really want them to work on that. I would be super stoked about that.
1: Would they let you on as a uh, Marvel guy now?
0: <laughs> you know what? That, so when I was five, I was watching the Adam West Batman TV mm-hmm. series. Like I I grew up on Batman, so the Batman all always holding a, a super special place in my heart. It's funny, too, when I think back, when I was five, I thought that show was serious as a heart attack. <laughs> you know, then you get older and you're like, oh, my God, it's the goofiest thing ever. But with that having been said, you know, somebody asked me a while ago, what would I hope that, you know, I, if Kevin Feige gave me a call, you know, what would I hope that he would say at, I just said, look, you know, if that guy called me and said, you need to clean the bathrooms on the next show. <laughs> I just, no problem. Um, you know, I, I, I love working on these shows. You know, the model shows are, you know, I, when Iron Man came out, I was like, God, this is amazing. This is so good. You know, it's so good. And then to watch it kind of snowball in the way that it has. ending was a, a pretty spectacular experience in terms of working on it, but also going to see it the first time with an audience and not only watching everybody else get like super emotional for Infinity War and for Endgame. Like mm-hmm. the end of Infinity War, people were like crying theater, but I was too. You know, <laughs> I was there, you know, when, when we were doing it, but it had a huge emotional impact on me. And I, you know, when, uh, when Cap picks up the, Hammer for the first time. I had peers in my eyes. I'm like, it's more really <laughs> a surprise. You know, like, I knew, <laughs> but uh, yeah, even so, you know, which is a testament.
2: How was it like being in there amongst other fans as well? Like seeing them see the work that you worked on?
0: It was amazing. You know, it really was to hear, to hear people cheering, to, you know, the, to hear the gasps at certain moments, um, you know it's it's super rewarding to you know like talking on a soldier the fact that now they're so like posting reacting videos and that kind of thing the show you know they'll you know, like you know, post an edited version of themselves reacting to various moments that you worked on it's hugely gratifying
1: now, like I, I, I know, like there's a huge gap of like when you stop filming and they do all the special effects and all the movie magic. Like, do you ever see like any of the final work before it goes on the big screen, or is it you're kind of surprised with the rest of us?
0: Um, sometimes, like on Falcon and Murder Soldier, there were a few times that during COVID lockdown, I was involved in helping kind of talk through the editing process on some of the fights. Um, so I would have the opportunity to sort of you know, watch what the progress was. So you know, sometimes you get to see parts of it. Kind of it, it depends on the show and you know kind of the
1: way approach it. Gotcha. We usually have one last question for our guests. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom for someone wanting to get into the, either the fight coordination or stunt coordination field? Anything you wish you would have heard when you were younger?
0: You know, so a question that I get a lot is you know, how do you get into stunts and it's a super tough question to answer because everybody comes into it in a different way. We get, you know, people that come into it from a gymnastics background or high divers or car guys or motorcycle guys or fight guys or you know, whatever. Um, but the thing that really kind of sets people apart is the the level of commitment to their craft. So if you, if you want to be a successful stunt performer, you have to treat it like a competition. And, you know, so when I was a competitive martial artist, I was like, I want to be the best person in the country period. And so I would do whatever that took, you know, film industry is, you know, super competitive. And so like I was saying before, kind of honing the craft and and really having an eye on trying to be the best thing you can be in the end, that's, the best way, because if you really work at it, eventually somebody's going to notice. Eventually somebody's going to see that in you. But a lot of times people kind of stop short of that. They'll um, work on fights, but not work on filmmaking. They'll work on a, on a specific fighting style, but not not develop a breadth of styles that allow for them to be able to fit seamlessly into a different project. And so you have to always be broadening the skill set. And at the same time, remember that what you're doing is making movies, you know? So you have to be really good at making movies, like understand the editorial process, you know, know what, what frames are, understand lenses, you know, know the difference between a, a 24 and a 50. That, even as a performer, that's an important thing because i you know watch sometimes, guys will take a reaction and hit the ground, and you're like, they're on a 200 millimeter lens. Well, if they're on a 200 millimeter lens. That means that they're looking like this at the actor. Right? You know, that's all they will see So you smashing yourself on the ground is completely off camera. But if you know lenses, then you know, oh, I, I got to save myself right now. If they go to go to a 24, they're for sure going to see it, and then I'm going to hit the ground hard. You know, knowing stuff like that, like I said, just from like a, a performer standpoint is important. But from a storytelling standpoint, you know. That's also quite critical because then you can have meaningful conversations with the people from other departments. If you're only coming at it from the standpoint of, like, I'm a fight guy or a stunt guy, and you go to have a conversation with the DP about the best way to cover the fight, you're not going to be much help if you don't understand their language. So, for all of the departments, that's the case. You got to know what, what wardrobe means from you, you need to know what props means from you, you need to know what the director needs some expense. So, my suggestion to all of these people is there's a vast resource that is not there for you know, most of us coming up you know like youtube if you want to understand filmmaking it's all there for free you know there's so many videos like film riot or you know any of these other guys that you know i watch all the time i'm constantly trying to learn i, I want to expand that as well so i would just say keep learning don't stop always be seeking to be better than you are today there's room for improvement in anybody. I don't care who
1: it is. Keep trying. Yeah, no, for sure. That was great. So I know you're you're doing Miss Marvel. Is there any other MCU stuff you have on the horizon coming out over the next few years? They contract you out for yet? No,
0: nothing, nothing, nothing scheduled. Okay. I'm
1: waiting for the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you have like first dibs at this point? I mean, I would imagine you'd be kind of the top of the list.
0: You know, I. I I would there's a lot of people that are, that are super talented. So I, I would like to think that I'm on their radar, but you never know. You know, there's a lot of projects that are coming up that I would certainly love to be involved with, in, but uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I haven't gotten the call yet, so I keep my fingers crossed, but uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're crossing our fingers for you as well. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> Dave, where, where can our listeners find more of you and more of like your work? Do you do Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, do you have anything like that?
0: primarily on instagram you know I, I occasionally post you know some of our work like some of the behind the scenes stuff or uh the pre or, or that kind of thing sometimes for short films but I'll, I'll put up there as well so that's probably the best spot
1: okay well it's been a blast having you on the podcast we really do appreciate you coming on talking to us tonight absolutely yeah
2: thank you thank you for having me you're very passionate like you seem to be very fulfilled as well that was that was really interesting to talk to you
0: well, well, thanks for having
1: me, because I really do appreciate it. Yes, yes. no, it was awesome. Thank you for answering your questions. <laughs> you definitely love what you're doing, and I'm so excited that you love it because, like, we love it as fans. Yeah. So, awesome. it definitely translates.
2: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. We're, uh, we're lucky to have you working.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. And maybe if you do get that Batman call one of these days, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: we'll see. I'll put a word in for you. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Have a great right, night, Dave. Thanks a lot,
2: All man. All right, bye. Yeah, he's cool as fuck. Yeah, he was. It was he was so he was so cool, man. He's like fucking wisdom. Yeah. It, like especially the stuff he's worked on. Like he's he's really humble about it as well. Like yeah. and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a, lot, about it. a lot a lot of humility and a lot of like very like a lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. it's really appreciative of the people he works with that's something i found really interesting was like the fact that the stakes are so high like the bond that oh you yeah the people is so much um so much deeper it's, it's, it's
1: probably similar to like people in the military or armed forces yeah, like because like putting their lives at risk or putting other people's lives at risk they're they're responsible for someone
2: <laughs> you're you're working with people that are potentially saving your life every day you know mm-hmm. that's that's got to be that where you're saving their life every day if you don't come out of that with some some form of gratitude that and i think he done it really well
1: it's like kind of like that like a brotherhood sisterhood kind of thing because it, yeah. it's Okay. probably very similar in that sense because like if you fuck up someone could legit die and like vice versa if someone else fucks up you can die like so you need like a lot of, like trust yeah that no, is cool as fuck absolutely <laughs> all right so we talked about two off the bucket list stunt and fight coordinator and mcu
2: <laughs> yeah that's i, I was, that was really cool I, I really liked hearing about uh about george st pierre too um mm-hmm because like that's funny that was like the one that like. well yeah yeah because like like like, he, like they come in you know and like I'm, I'm sure the other actors knew what he was too but you know just mm-hmm. the fact that they were so so into him because like you know because of his ufc uh mm-hmm. background and all that it's cool thank you all for listening if you would like to support the wwsd podcast check out our patreon at patreon.com slash wwsd underscore podcast make sure you like and subscribe on our facebook instagram and twitter also don't forget to check out our sponsor collector's maze at collectorsmaze.com
1: <laughs> I'm actually, I'm so I'm a little pissed about you uh, when he was mentioning when Kat picked up the hammer. That was literally your moment. You literally oh. brought in the fucking hammer. Oh, I didn't even think you, about that. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I wanted to say something, but it's like I I can't. Like like that's like when he was talking about you, you should be like.
2: <gasps> i don't know i I don't i don't know that he would have found that amusing honestly i would have found these guys yeah (laughs) i think he would have he he seemed like a good
1: sense of humor
0: yeah